HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Boys, I'm mellow as a honeydew. Yeah. That cat is high. Look that look in his eye. Oh, man, he's high. Yes, higher than a kite. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. In the studio today, childhood friend, <laughs> uh, a friend of mine for the last two years, we've got Jay Zimmerman in from the new bar, Basic, in Williamsburg at 323 Gram between Metropolitan and DeVoe. That's right. A beautiful place. Congratulations on opening it. Thank you, man. Thank you. You were one of the very first people to enjoy a drink there, so I appreciate you coming by. One of the very first people to enjoy lots of drinks there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Before this, you were working at many uh, notable cocktail bars and places around the city. You were doing brand work with mm-hmm. uh, Plymouth and Beefeater Gins. Um, you basically you, you've got a, you got a lot of buddies in the city. So when when I went to that uh, that uh, kind of soft dopey friends and family friends was family, it? Yeah. Uh, it was like oh I I know all these people. Right, this is great. Yeah, great, it was cool. Man. It, was, it was a really good turnout, and I uh, you know it, it's been I guess about three or four years that I've kind of been involved in the cocktail industry, the cocktail mm-hmm. side of the hospitality industry in New York. And uh, just been able to make good friends, and a lot of people showed a lot of support leading up to opening mm-hmm. throughout the whole process of building and and uh, and conceptualizing, basic. So <clears throat> once we opened the doors, they were all pretty excited about coming. And that was, if you remember, it was a really, like, a crappy night. It was like, a really dark and stormy oh, evening. and Yeah, rainy. Yeah, and, and people still, they made their way out to Brooklyn, which was cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah and it's it's not like it's too far out of the way i mean it's right there in, in williamsburg yeah i mean so it's actually super really easy to awesome to. location actually it's great man it's, and we i live on the same block too and, and so it was uh it was very serendipitous to find a space right next to where i live but it, you're right it's right next to the l train mm-hmm. and for most people it's pretty easy to get to yeah mm-hmm. and you started the project uh you started first conceptualizing it about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. uh summer before last and your business partner owns the, the gallery bar. He owns gallery bar. Yeah, on the Lower East Side. And uh, he he was he wanted to do another project anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had thought that he was going to do something else in the city, and then maybe a third place in Brooklyn when he was going to get in touch with me. Um, I guess some of the things didn't work out for him. So we had lunch. It's last June, and he was like, you know, 
the first question he asked me was, what kind of bar do you want to open? And he didn't give me any leading questions, just kind of opened it up for me. And I was like, you know, I want to open a place that I want to go drink at. You know, I want to have a good cocktail once in a while, if I, and I want bartenders that can make those good cocktails. But I also want, you know, a shot and yeah. a can of Budweiser yeah, and, totally. uh, you know, <laughs> a small bite to eat. And he was like, that's exactly, exactly what I want to do. So we, we kind of hit off right away on, on all points of what we wanted to do for a place. And uh, it kind of it came to be really quickly. And then we were looking for spots all over New York, focusing mostly downtown. And when, uh, you know, things were really expensive and they weren't, they weren't coming together and the real estate agents weren't uh, really finding anything that we wanted. We were looking for a corner space specifically. And he was in Cuba, actually. Uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. He was not in Cuba. <laughs> I um, think you are. <laughs> on, <laughs> on this show, you uh, can say whatever He you definitely want. was definitely not in Cuba on vacation. And, uh, and it's, something came across uh, an email I got from a broker. and was like, there's this one spot. And I was like, yeah, I know exactly where it is. It's you know, two doors away from where I live. So we, we checked it out, and, and it was awesome. It wasn't a corner space, but it's got a really big backyard, which you were able to check out. And, yeah. and it kind of worked out. Everything came into place. And it's really cool. Um, the The way that the the design came out, it's it, you've got on the back bar, you've got this really awesome old rustic mantle yep. that kind of covers the back bar, and then you've got your steps behind that, and in the mantle, you've got you know, like that's your entire that's back, back bar. It's, yeah. it's really cool. It's, and, it's cool, man. And, it's a, and I never really thought about it until once it was up on the wall. But I was like, that's a really it's a really big fireplace where that yeah. came from. Oh, and it's huge. Um, yeah, you know, some like mansion somewhere. Um, we had two guys called uh, Tim Welsh and Robert Stansel who are architects and they're friends of Derek's and quickly became friends of mine and they uh, they helped conceptualize a lot of the stuff. And so we went out to Massachusetts and they have a big field uh, antique show. Right, uh, Brimfield? Brimfield, yep. yeah. And they do it uh, twice twice a year. I think every six months they do it. Yeah, and I think it's uh, three times. Three times now. Okay, and uh, so we went out there. Uh, I guess this spring. Sometimes so it was April or May, and just like stumbled upon this mantle. You know, and, and things aren't crazy expensive, but they're not crazy cheap either. They're right. Really, but we found it, and we kind of used that piece to be to kind of let the concept grow from it. Right. That's um, cool. So everything else is like you know. A little bit of modern mixed with very rustic and I love affected, and it's cool because it's not trying to be like this classic cocktail bar where everything's like gaslit and you know, yeah, and man. Made of brass. Yeah. I it's, mean, there's there's certainly aspects of it. There's sure. the, the Edison bulbs and stuff, but you know, well, yeah. But and even like I, I, even going with that, it's like you have really cool lighting fixtures above the bar where it has like basically the the shades are like disc that kind of rest on the bulb on the itself bulbs, yeah. so you've got light coming up above and then kind of pulling down below it's, it's amazing man it's you really cool you, you dig deep enough on the bowery and you can find some cool stuff yeah seriously um but yeah i mean a lot of people are like oh they're so over and the edison bulb thing like it's just been played out i'm like it's played out because it looks cool you it know looks great. <laughs> yeah like, so i didn't it took me very little convincing to uh to lean that way uh, but that was, that was the, that's the funnest part about opening a bar man the design stuff and making those decisions and you get to realize that when you uh, when you say go, people go. You know, when when you make that decision, it's, it's that's the final decision. Yeah, right? which is kind of it was a first for me. So it's so much better than dealing with the CVO and your liquor oh, license God, man, and community is, board and all that stuff. That's a it's a nightmare. But uh, but you did it. We, we did. You're on the other side. We did now. it. We, uh, we 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 cleared that fence. We we jumped that hurdle. Cool. Uh, that that was the thing that you know everyone's like it's going to take a couple weeks and. You know, I've been in and around the hospitality industry for 13 years, about 13, 15 years. And I was like, with my experience, and like I know what I'm doing, and I know what to project. It won't happen to me. No way. 
yeah. just there's no way <laughs> and it, it sure it, 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 it's inescapable inescapable <laughs> so we, we got held up a couple of weeks from that stuff but nothing too bad but you said um you you first started talking and meeting about this uh the concept uh, with your partner a year and a half ago mm-hmm. but you occupied the space uh, in like uh may or june yep occupied graham avenue uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we we got the we signed the lease. Um, I guess so, right at the end of May, so June one is when we took it over. So and started I demolition. mean, less than six months, you know. Yeah, to get a yeah. bar open. That's that's pretty impressive. It's it's good. I mean, we were ambitiously shooting for about three month a three month build out, mm-hmm. um, which that's pretty ambitious. with what we had to do was was super ambitious because you know it, it was a cafe already, but. Uh, we we had to gut the place and really kind of get into the nooks and crannies and fix a lot of things and clean a lot of things. Uh, so I guess with what we did, you know, in hindsight, it was it's about right, and I, I'm happy with the length of time. I mean, clearly, we would have liked to have been out and open a while ago, but that's just the nature of it. You yeah, know? we have that outdoor space that we wanted to take advantage of the fall with, but the weather's kind of holding up for us. It hasn't been too bad yet, and people are still able to go out and you know have a cigarette and a, and a beer outside if they want comfortably. Great, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the uh, the actual build out and the concept of like the design and everything, which I think is it's it's a beautiful space, and you know people can go online and check out pictures of it. From mm-hmm. uh, it was on Grubhub or Eater. It was on Grubhub. Yeah, uh, they uh, they took some really quick pictures, which came out really good. Yeah. I was very happy there. Those are pros, man. They come in, they swoop in for about ten minutes. That's <laughs> what they do all day. Away. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> they know exactly what you shoot. Uh, it was good, and we. Uh, I, I started a Facebook page Whoa. this past week, uh, socially networking my way <laughs> through the universe, um, which which was interesting. I don't really know what to put on there other than basic info, but people were insisting on it. So, uh, and we're going to get our website up and running soon. Cool. Soon, so we'll have some more like the menus on on the website and more pictures and stuff like that. Cool. We also talked a little bit about the, uh, the concept as far as food and drinks go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, you know, obviously it's the kind of place where you want to go and feel comfortable hanging out. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, with so many, so many new bars coming around, um, and especially like cocktail bars, yeah. you know, it's, you talk to people like Frank Cisneros. He's like, dude, all I ever drink is beer and shot. Yeah. He's like, I know how to make cocktails, but he's like, all, he's like, what I want is a Budweiser and a shot, right? Uh, for Nat or something. Yeah, exactly, man. And uh, you know, that was where I was leaning. Where I, I kind of, my gut tells me that's where kind of our industry is heading. It's heading, you know, and I'm kind of getting away from the quiet standing room or no standing room kind of thing, which right. is which is great and it has its place in the sure. industry. But I think. You know, there's a little bit of backlash now, and people kind of want a place where you can, you know, you're sitting around, you're having a drink, you kind of want to have a drink. You're trying your to relax. Yeah, you want to, you know, you want to laugh loud if you want to, and yeah. have a raucous conversation, or uh, or not, you know, kind of sit in a dark corner and have a glass of wine if you want. Totally. Um, the, the idea behind Basic is to kind of offer a place that you can come and get what you want, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to come in with, you know, five of your college buddies and drink vodka sodas all night? Great. Welcome. You know, you want to come in and have variations on an Alaska cocktail. I don't know what that would be, but <laughs> but uh, but you can, you know. And uh, we, and I was lucky enough to to get some really badass bartenders, um, and they all they're like walking encyclopedias of cocktail knowledge. And I guess the, the best example of this is Dominic Venegas, who's a friend of mine for a couple of years, and he uh, he's out, was out in San Francisco for a long, long time. Great bartender, mm-hmm. and he was moving to New York. And as he was moving out here, he was like, I'm kind of here about basic. Like, what's the deal? I'm going to want to work when I get there. I was like, look, man, if you want to sling cocktails, this really isn't going to be the spot for you. Like, 
if if you want to, obviously you can probably work most places you want in the city, but if you want to sling beers and shots and hot dogs and you know make the, uh, the occasional Sazerac and yeah and Negroni, like come on over. And he was like, that's exactly what I wanted to get at. So totally, man. And yeah. and you know, there's something so great about that too, because even with with your bar set up. You can tell, like, when you walk in, like, as a bartender, like, looking at it, you know, I always like to sit on, like, the corner or the side of the mm-hmm. bar so I can look behind yeah. and see, like, I know, I where the sinks and the ice wells <laughs> and, like, the dishwashers and everything. I like to see everyone's setup. Totally. And uh, even from that, like, I can look back and see all these rad bar tools. You got a lot of, like, Japanese bar tools from, like, Cocktail Kingdom. Yeah. But yeah, you've yeah. also got, like, your spill wells and everything's, like, set up in a really great way. You've got great ice, you know. And it's it's totally set up to, like, to blow people's minds with cocktails right in a, in a very classic sense but when you walk in it doesn't feel like you're forced to right that, well that's cool yeah. it's it's really good it's thank really you for good. saying that um i did yeah, that, i did all three i had beer shots in cocktail well i think, I think that's, the, that's the trifecta <laughs> and uh, a bunch of hot dogs the gordy how hat trick um, <laughs> um yeah, that's awesome um and that, that was the idea you know from my end of it you know my my business partner certainly knows how to run a business uh from the um like the the bottom line aspect mm-hmm. of it, and I have a little bit more uh, experience with the cocktail stuff. So I wanted to make sure we had a car that could go 100 miles an hour, even though it's only going to ever have to idle around 65. You know True. what I mean? Um, they could bust out cocktails if they need to, but it's not what you have to do to, there. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, we've been talking with Jay Zimmerman. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to continue talking about bass bar. But I also want to like dig a little bit deeper into like... Uh, this song is awesome, by the way. Uh, how you got into it in the first place and where you see yourself going with it. No when we get back, we'll talk more with Jay Zimmerman of Basic Bar in Brooklyn. But I knew she'd never been inside a bar before. And I felt like a peasant who just had met a queen. And she knew I saw right through her tight fitting jeans. What's a woman like you doing here? I see you're used to champagne, but I'll buy you a beer. She said, you've got me figured out, but I'm not what I seem. And for a dance, I'll tell you about these tight-fitting jeans. She said, I'm married money. I'm used to wearing pearls, but I've always dreamed of being just a good old boy's girl. So tonight I left those crystal candlelights to live a dream And partner, there's a tiger in these tight-fitting jeans We danced every dance and lord the beer that we went through I'm satisfied I did my best to make her dream come true As she played out her fantasy before my eyes it seemed A cowgirl came alive inside those tight Welcome back to the Speakeasy. In the studio today we have Jay Zimmerman of Basic Bar in Brooklyn. We were just discussing the, uh, the original concept and the opening of this great new bar on 323 gram and the way that the uh the industry has been changing as far as like uh as far as the cocktail bartender scene goes and 
not only from the bartender's point of view, but the customer side. You know, we talked about what what can you do to really please people without making them feel like like they're unwelcome. You know, right. a lot of these places can make you feel very unwelcome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's that's the 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 essence of hospitality. I guess yeah. you know. What I mean, it, being hospitable and making everyone feel comfortable, no matter what they're there for, who they are. You know. And you said you've been working in the hospitality industry for for uh, thirteen years. Yeah, now. yeah. 13 and how, how did you get into it in the first place? Oh man, I um, love these stories. Yeah, I always like yeah, to ask. This is these are good ones. <laughs> uh, I started out when I was uh, fourteen years old. I started working at the Army Navy Country Club in Washington D.C., which is a super shishi buttoned up country club where the president plays golf and. Uh, and I was I was doing manual labor in the tennis department. I was like dragging tennis courts, you know. And but I, and you had to like swallow your pride a little bit because you're you know it's your, my first job and it was a hot summer and it was manual labor out in Virginia and uh, and and all these people around you kind of like bossing you around like hey, you know kid get me this kid get me that and kind of have to learn how to please people right off the bat. And from there I actually I stayed in D.C. and started working at the place this place called the Willard Hotel, which is one of the oldest hotels in Washington. It's where like the term lobbyist was coined. It's an old Politico kind of place. Oh, cool! And uh, that is uh, again really buttoned up white glove service kind of place. And you learn, I learned a lot about hospitality from that, and like how to deal with people and really give them what they want, and kind of try to use that and use those lessons I learned early on, kind of transfer them throughout my life. And yeah. it's worked out pretty well. And I ended up going to school for it, and going to school for hospitality management. Like, oh, cool! So I, I learned on the book side of things too. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know how much I learned in college, but I, like, <laughs> I studied it for sure, and uh, and took it from there into my career in New York. That's great. It's always funny to me, like when uh, when people like it, like bartenders and waiters in the uh, in the New York City, or well, it's really anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, but specifically in New York City, I've always noticed that you get the question a lot of times, like, "So, what do you what do you do?" Yeah, it's like. Uh, I'm a bartender yeah, or yeah. like I'm a general manager of a restaurant mm-hmm. like yeah but what do you really want to do are you like a artist or you a musician actor, or you're actor? a model yeah, yeah. like well I have done some music and yeah. they're like oh so that's what you want to do it's like no yeah. dude if I, yeah, I'm here because I want to be here yeah. and I know a lot of people have gone to school for uh, hospitality services mm-hmm. and it's it's really cool when you hear that from someone uh, rather than Someone who started out in the hospitality industry as a means to do something. It else. means to make an end, yeah. right? Make, make make ends meet while you're doing something else. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna start telling people that I'm a male model. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those of you out there, if you if you've never seen me, that's very funny. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've worked in I started in New York anyway. Um, in more more nightclub-y, loungy kind of scenarios where there were a lot of people like that who were actors, who were models, who were pretty faces and they just were doing this to make those couple hundred bucks on a Friday night. Yeah. And um, that, that's a tough situation, man. Getting those people to really be hospitable to people and really take the job seriously is not always an easy thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and and unfortunately, it gives sometimes the rest of the industry a yeah, better rep, you know? you know, but <laughs> we're, out, we're crusaders for a good cause. Yeah. Guess, you know? <laughs> we're the ones who mean it. Absolutely. And obviously... You were meant to do it because you do a great job at it. Well, I appreciate um, it. Thanks. I uh, the last place that I saw you bartend before being at Basic, which actually when I was at when I was at Basic, mm-hmm. you weren't bartending because it was your opening night. I and know. You're, like, you're hanging out, and that's what you're supposed to do. But the last time I saw you bartend, the last few times were at uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah. 
and you actually worked with uh, some of my buddies there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with Nate Nate Dumont and uh, and Jim Kearns. Jim Kearns, yeah. Um, and TJ Lynch. We did Marcin Frankoviak. We had a great great opening staff there. Um, it was cool. It was a fun. It was a fun little restaurant, and I think that's what drew me there was we were able to get this crew of people that I really wanted to be with day in and day out, yeah. and uh, hang out and bartend with them. And it was a fun situation. It didn't last too long, but it was great while it was while it lasted for sure. Do you feel like um, that that experience kind of like sharpened your skills as a bartender? Because like it's that for people who don't know, Mary Queen of Scots and the other bar they own, Highlands, mm-hmm. they're both Scotch, Scotch forward, bars, yeah. but they're cocktail. Huge, 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 huge. And Scotch cocktails aren't really necessarily the easiest thing. No, no. We were just chatting about this earlier, but um, it 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 grew my knowledge of scotches, blended single malt, what what have you, exponentially. And I learned tons and tons and tons about a specific spirit. And uh, I would encourage any young bartenders, if they can, to work at a spirit specific or spirit forward bar, like a tequila bar, like a like Maya Well is a great example of tequila and mezcal bar. You you learn so much about it and you learn how to use it and flavor profiles. And scotch was an interesting one because there's so many scotches and so many different kinds of scotch. And, uh, and it was cool. And I grew to love it. I didn't really love scotch beforehand and I really, really do enjoy it now. And speaking of that, you know, with, with spirit specific bars, obviously they're, they're, out of enthusiasm for the product, mm-hmm. um, and but they're mostly there to to educate as well. Yeah. And on the educational side, you've also worked as a brand rep for a couple different gin companies. Yeah. And the role of the like the brand rep, brand ambassador job is to educate not only you know the bartenders and the bar owners, but the consumers as well. Mm-hmm. And you did that for a little while. Yeah. And that's also around the time that I met you. Yeah, that's, that's how we met. I, uh, you were one of my one of my accounts, right? Um, at whatever Prime Meets, and and you know that that's an interesting job because you get to you're there. I was there specifically. My job was to take care of the bartenders and make sure that they were happy with the brand and and to teach them about the brand and what it was and how to use it, and then from that point on to let that grow into consumers and having them taste it and having them taste cocktails with it. Um, but not every bar is prime meats and not every bar is, you know, PDT or, or death and company, you know, um, sometimes you're going into places where there's some resistance and they're not exactly excited about a brand person being there. They want their, they'd rather have that bar seat filled up with customer. So you got to kind of be a little bit more convincing, um, to, to different walks of life and different people. And, uh, it was interesting. I learned a ton about how to deal with bartenders and, um, from that side of the bar, from the other side of the bar. Uh, when you have a corporate card, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. <laughs> now, I, I literally had, I had some experiences where uh, managers were like, we would like you to leave, please. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand. I'm, I'm literally just here to spend, like, just swipe my card and there's a couple hundred bucks in your till. And he's like, no, no, that's not how we do things here. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't really understand it, but, uh, but you know. That's kind of shocking. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, I would never expect that. It's interesting. Anyway. But obviously, um, that's going to happen in any kind of industry, yeah, I guess. For sure. But I, I, that's kind of strange for me to to wrap my to wrap my head around that is, especially with like brands like Plymouth and Beefeater, yeah, you know, yeah. which are great brands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, Beefeater. you're not pushing like cotton candy, three olives, vodka, or some, sure, something like sure. that. Sure, it's, not that it's bad. <laughs> okay, it is kind of bad. But um, uh, but yeah, yeah. No, they were they were pretty well, very well respected brands. Beefeater's obviously got a huge 
brand recognition thing going on in Plymouth. Uh, in the cocktail industry, it's very, very well recognized. Maybe in smaller markets, it's not as much. But uh, yeah, it was easier doing it for a brand that I believed in. Yeah, absolutely. Know, something that I used day in and day out. So that was encouraging for me. So I, I like this. I, I like that that you've worked on every side. Yeah, yeah I've kind of tackled it. I've kind of tackled it backwards too. You know, I started in management and then moved my way into bartending. So, yeah. so that obviously has helped you uh, put this bar together and mm-hmm. and also again congratulations on it thank you very much um, where do you see I mean I know you just got this one open yeah. but I think everyone has like their uh, five to ten year plan especially when you get the ball rolling yeah um, do you have any plans for opening up more places or any plans for this place coming up uh, yeah, as far no, as events I mean, style it's, it's hard to put yourself in that mindset of you know how do I look forward when this just opened this is such a massive life changing yeah. event uh, but yeah, the idea uh, for us, are we laid out a five-year plan of opening up one, maybe two more spots in New York, and cool. then maybe looking somewhere out west, uh, probably the Pacific Northwest somewhere. Um, and then, you know, kind of see where we land from there. At that point, I, uh, I will be married and, you know, maybe looking to start a family. Who knows? Who knows yeah. where life's going to take you? Totally. You know? That's we, very true. <laughs> young, strapping gentlemen like us, we got some time ahead of us, luckily. <laughs> um, you know... Uh, going back on that, I mean the the Empire State, uh, the Empire State of mine, like where you're, and it's, people aren't really necessarily satisfied with you know owning just one place anymore, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's like guys like you, you've got many ideas for different places, yeah. and especially like restaurant tours in the city, you know, for the last you know thirty years, having multiple places, and just kind of, you know, if you're just as passionate about you know. Spanish food as you are about like barbecue. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're not going to mix those two. You're going to make two different places. Yeah, totally. You know, totally. so and and we're starting to see that a lot more with bars and bar owners. And again, it's a very exciting time for that. Uh, it's a very ex- exciting time for any new bar opening, just because you can have a really comfortable place that can you can walk in and have a beer and a shot yeah. and have a classic cocktail, or you know the house is like modern proprietary cocktail. Yeah. Um, but you don't feel like you have to do either one of the two you can just hang out um and it's it's really cool to have at least i think so it's really cool to have those different dynamics it's like when you go into sasha petrasky's joints mm-hmm. they're all i think they're pretty different like yeah. you know they're different but the same you know they're yeah. you can you can tell a sasha joint but uh yeah. they're, they all feel very different and that's you know that's a terrific compliment to him and um and a lot of people have been successful doing that and that's the idea uh, for me, is that you know I'm starting this at a, at a younger age than most. You know, I'm 28 years old, so I'm owning my first business uh, before I'm 30. I'm trying to get a couple more going in the city, and then, like I said, out west. And it's a trying thing. It's not an easy experience to get yeah. through. So, uh, in my head, I think I want to like try and get this all done before I'm 40, <laughs> so I can kind of just operate at that yeah, point of uh, the, being stressed uh, day in and day out. You know, I think the the main thing to think about with with the bar the bar that you own now and like the bar that we're all going to be opening the bars that we're going to be opening yeah. is just i think it all comes down to just the recognition of quality mm-hmm. i think quality sells more than any trend gimmick you know it's like right you know like say you know you know like bitters are really popular right now i mean yeah. they should be because they're important for cocktails yeah but recognizing, you know, the quality 
of any yeah. any yeah. product, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, be it like uh, an ingredient they're using in a drink, uh, the food you're serving, or just the entire idea as a whole is the most important thing. Yeah, man, I think that that's transferable across uh, a couple of different most industries. Yeah, um, I'd be hard pressed to think of something that everyone across the board can say, man, that was awesome. And the service was great. And the price was great. And, you know, just my experience overall was fantastic. And then to see a place like that just kind of disappear, it's, it's more rare than the yeah. place that was, that's gimmicky or, you know, looking for a cheap buck. Yeah. You know. Man, it's been my pleasure having you on the show today. I've been wanting to do this for a while and I'm so glad that your bar is open. I'm going to be there a lot. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> Especially on Wednesdays after the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. This was Absolutely, fun. man. Uh, do you have the website ready yet? Um, we don't. It's gonna. We we have the domain. Okay. We have a uh, basicbrooklyn.com, B-A-S-I-K, uh, spelled phonetically. So look for that soon. Uh, again, the Facebook page is up. So there, there's information out there if people want to check it out. Excellent. Jay Zimmerman from Basic Bar in Brooklyn. Thanks, Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, dude. And we'll see you next week on Speakeasy. Cheers. Yay! That cat is high, no bad look in his eye, oh man he's high, yes higher than a kite. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. The following is a message from Jones Family Farms. Looking for that perfect Christmas tree this season? What about the perfect wine to go with your holiday dinner? Look no further than Jones Family Farm, a 400-acre working farm in Connecticut. Jones Family Farms is as passionate about education as it is about farming. Whether you're picking fresh strawberries or exploring local wines, we hope you're inspired to learn more about Connecticut farming. For more information, visit www.jonesfamilyfarms.com. This is a message from Vegan Pop-Up Shop. Looking for the perfect holiday gift for that special vegan in your life? Come down to the Vegan Holiday Shop-Up Sunday, December 4th from 12 to 5 p.m. at the Pine Box Rock Shop in Bushwick. There you'll find a wide array of vegan-friendly treats, eats, fashions, and home goods. From soy wax candles to homemade hot sauce, the Vegan Holiday Shop-Up has your vegan present needs covered. So come down early and stay late and enjoy a spicy Bloody Mary while you're there, and maybe leave with something extra for yourself.